You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Well, Matt, fellow adventurers, I am now in the Southwood region. Southfoot is the name of a large area in southwest Tulsa that is situated in the southern foothills of the mighty Fodorin Range. It is a rugged, outlying area of the kingdom. Pictures for this location. The Giants of Gallotop. A trio of mountain giants and a missing would-be adventurer has caused quite a stir in the remote village of Wild. Here we go. Six miles miles north and east of the village of Wabar, in the midst of the rugged wild region known as Southfoot, stands the stark, foreboding spectre of Gallotop Hill. The thick timbered remnants of the hangman's platform still crowns the wides. Beneath the ancient oak, in which the noose is dangled, dangled for nigh on thirty years, you glance thoughtfully at the lonely, natural landmark as you make your way along the uneven road, heading south into wild wildfire. Eager to set yourself before the warm, welcoming glow of the fire in the common room of the Wayfarer house. The remote village is only in, and your only chance of finding a hot supper tonight. Your trek through the region has been long and difficult. Culminating yesterday morning with the grim discovery of an elderly golden beard traveller dead on the side of the road. With no evidence of any violence against him, he believed his death to have been a natural one. Pouches filled with herbs and powder. Powders were fastened to his rope belts, and his twin packs were filled with empty vials. Hmm. Was he some sort of herbalist? A apothecary? <laughs> After laying him into west in a shallow grave at the edge of the road, you set down his packs to mark his spot. You then offered a small prayer on behalf of the deceased healer for once again setting off on your way. Your thoughts suddenly return to the present as you catch sight of a, the thin trail of smoke rising up the north side of Calotop, and you wonder who it is that has settled themselves into such a grim plot of earth. 
You can't hope but feel that, even enveloped in the radiating glow of a warring blaze, the chill of that place must still, must still be something to be working with. As the Wayfarer house looms into view out of the lengthening shadows to the south, you push all thoughts of the lonely hill out of your mind. Already, the flickering luminescence of the inn's fire spills out into the lane, and you can all but taste the bitter froth of a late autumn sweet mash ale. Mmm, ale. I don't care what I'm up that way. And he's like as not he's been dead since yesterday. The grey-bearded man, his face flushed, and his eyes fixed coldly on the four men seated at a table, dust inside the door, momentarily turns his gaze towards you as you step into the inn. I'll not sit here and have the lot of you tell me that to send our lads, lads to, send up our lads to bring back his bones. We'll wait for the rangers. That we will. At that, the grey-bearded man exhales heavily, adjusts his tight-fitting tunic, and storms off to have a word with the innkeeper. Short, plump man, who's been watching the spectacle from afar. The four men at the table roll their eyes and drop into a private, hushed conversation. You're about to make your way over to the innkeeper, and inquire about lodging for the night, when you suddenly realise he's already waving to you. The innkeeper, Wuthwell, seems to know all about you, including a few of the more obscure details of your recent adventures. And he introduces you to the grey-bearded man, who turns out to be Wildbrae's wanking elder, a man named Anbugar. I should apologise. For having so carried on, he says, it's my distinct pleasure to meet you, Sue. We've all heard our fair share about your adventurers. It's a most impressive litany. The innkeeper promptly hurries off to tend to his duties as host, and you soon find yourself thoroughly engaged in conversation with Ambergar. You learn that two days ago, three mountain giants were sighted moving more north and east through the sparse woodlands that surround Gallotop Hill. Not the first time you've seen it, mind you, says Rebar. It's a bit of a fright all the same. This time, though, we had ourselves a bit of ill luck. Oh, good fortune, as some around here might see fit to call it. Anbagar tells you that Wadabra's most notorious resident resident, a haughty, self-proclaimed swordsman and adventurer named Wangler, defying Anibur's stern warnings, set off to confront the, the giants as the fearsome trio of giants took up residence on the north side of Gallotop Hill. Alright, that seems like a very stupid thing for anyone but me... Tallies, maybe, and a few, few others, few others, but there's probably maybe half a dozen or so people in the kingdom for whom that isn't an incredibly stupid idea. It's just a mildly stupid idea. He's quite handy with a blade, and handier yet with a mouth, says the elder frowning. It's been nearly two days since we've seen him. 
and I can't help but think he ended up in the cookpot up on old Gallowtop. A lot of folks around here think he's a hero. I believe every crooked word that spills out of his tongue. He's been nothing but trouble since he grew big enough to carry that sword of his. Agabar told you that Woundedar, soon after coming of age, began to imagine himself to be something of a fearless adventurer. You learned that a young man would often get himself and others into trouble by seeking out dangerous creatures, goblins, ogres and the like, and leading them back towards Wildwire. A small militia was enough to deal with an old goblin or two, and even an ogre now and then, says Elabar. But there were times he came back, back his way in full flight from half a dozen trolls, and one time a horn-tailed boar. But his business about the giants does top it all. The village elder tells you he fears one of his actions may well lead the trio of giants to wild, to wild boy are. What's worse is that our young hero has been made made much made much the worse since he requires what he believes is a magical stone, says Alibar. He thinks it's made him invincible, though I fear it's only likely to lead him to a gruesome and untimely demise, if it hasn't already. Alibar sighs and shakes his head. I've sent word to the nearest at Ranger outpost, a few days north of here, he says. I don't know they'll be too keen to come down this way and have a look at our little dilemma. I pray that the giants just up and leave. Rave, I can't say what's brought them down this way, unless it's just the promise of escaping some of the mountain's wintry wrath. Agabra has made no attempt to ask you to intervene in this matter, but you fully realise you may be able to successfully resolve the situations, even before any border rangers arrive. With that thought foremost in your mind, you tell Agabra you'd like his permission to approach the giants. Your bold request is at f- first met with scepticism by the grey-bearded elder but very quickly his eyes widen as he seems to absorb the enormity of your offer. He tells you that while he appreciates your willingness to help, he has no desire to send you into harm's way. I'll give the rangers the same caution where they arrive, he says. It's best to wait out these creatures, of course, if it can be done. Would you really be willing to go to Scalotop, Soup? A single nod confirms your intentions. Abigail is notably relieved, and it is decided that the best course of action is for you to travel to Gallotop the following morning and assess the situation for yourself. He tells you that he hopes any sort of confrontation can be avoided, and the giants can be convinced to peacefully leave and return to the mountains that serve as their normal abode. On that latter point... Point you're in full agreement. You spend the night tucked away in the warmth and safety of a private room in the upper floor of the inn, with the intention of striking out for Gallotop Hill at dawn's first light. 
Wuffle, the ever-toiling keeper. The ever-toiling keeper of Wilder Bear's only enterprise at note. Sees to it that you're fed and outfitted with a pile of clean blankets, including two very warm sleeping furs. Beneath the motley collection of covers, you drift into a deep and undisturbed sleep. Morning dur. Morning dawns, pale and cold. And you arrive downstairs in the inn's common room to find Angridar and Wuthor waiting for you. The inn is empty, save for the three of you. And after a hearty breakfast and several mugs of steaming paleo, you prepare to set off for Gallotop. Here, you'll take this with you, and use it as necessary, says Anguidar, hanging you a thick cloth sack filled with gold. Five hundred gold tokens. I don't think it will help that much, but you never know. It's yours to keep if you find no use for it, he says. It's the very least we could do. You go with our prayer soup. You're certain the quantity of gold provided to you by the coffers of Wildbar. Wildbar is unlikely to be of any use in, in any negotiations you might find yourself in giant kind. But you thank the Elder. Unless... Unless these giants have got, say, goblins on the side... Gold will probably work with goblins. But that's just about the only situation I can think of where gold would help. As you step out of the inn, prepare to make the relatively short trek to Galatop, Anibar pulls you aside and tells you not to endanger yourself over a wangdelier. Like, like as not, he's dead, says the elder. But any trouble he's found himself in is his own un- his own doing. I don't wish him ill, mind. But he returns. He's welcome, of course. But don't put your own neck, put out your own neck on his account. With a final nod to the elder, with no certain knowledge that the, the daring endeavour you're about to undertake is known to any within Wildwire, save Anbrigar and Wuthwell. You make your way out of the village along a winding road that will take you to the very foot of Gallotop Hill. The ride to the foot of Gallotop Hill takes less than an hour, and upon reaching your grim, imposing destination, you tether your steed to a small tree and begin to contemplate how you will make your ascent. Recall the trail of smoke you witness rising up, the north side of the hill upon your arrival yesterday, though you can see no sign of it now. Angrigar has men- mentioned a tree of giants is settled on the north side of the slope. Overgrown woes climb climb both sides of the hill. Hmm, makes sense. I mean I mean hangings are a massive public spectacle. Well, until they stopped being a public spectacle and everyone felt, yeah, I mean, we want to kill people, but we don't want anyone to know we're doing it, but we do, but we don't want to show, we don't want to show it off. But in medieval times, yep, public spectacle. I mean, you might as well get something out of the criminal.
And you can know how make a day of it. You go see a hanging, have a picnic. There's this guy who's selling roasted, selling roasted chestnuts while you do the hanging. Hanging and, and, you know, and jeer. And go, um, and boo, boo the person who's going to be hanged. Hmm. Okay. Alright. Use. So. Hmm. I could use woodmanship to give me some clues. 4xp to woodmanship. You carefully scour the rocky terrain that surrounds the base of Galatop and discover the telltale signs of the passing of, of the giants. The trail of the three Benamos leads up and along the road and leads along the road that climbs the northern side of the hill. Okay, so I go north or south. Hmm. Doesn't of course I'm getting to the top of the hill eventually, but if those Benamos have been up the north side Everything's going to be scared off that way, and there'll be nothing more to find. Going to go the south side. You trek up the wandering, overgrown road that climbs the south side of Gala. Galatop proceeds with little difficulty. There, there are no signs of the three giants have passed this way. You made it nearly halfway up the back of the hill when you come to the crumbling ruins of an ancient tower. Only the lower level of the once massive grey stone structure is still intact. The all indications are it's not far off total collapse. Three stout timbers, cracked and weathered, which once housed the tower's sturdy set of doors, offer a dark opening that leads to the base of the ruin. Though you're curious as to what may lie within the ancient tower, you're not certain it would be safe to enter it. Well, I've got magical powers, so it's safe for me. Enter the crumbling structure. With your reliable light source in hand, you step through the wide portal framed by the old timbers and find yourself standing in a broad, empty, circular chamber. Suddenly, suddenly your eyes are drawn to something moving on the far side of the womb. You quickly thrust forward your light and are horrified when the golden glow falls across a large undulating mass of grey slime. Without warning, the slime swiftly draws itself into a towering wave and surges across the chamber towards you. Hold your ground and engage the massive slime. I mean, I could flee, but I'm not going to do that. Engage it. With your back to the doorway, in the event that you might need to escape, you assume a defensive stance. Stance as you prepare to engage the surging grey slime. Now, didn't you hear from these other slimes, I thought? No surging! Eh, maybe they couldn't tell you because they're all dead. Surges towards you. Your opponent's attack is encased your torso in slime. Ooh, gross, gross, gross. Get off, get off. Encase my head in slime. Get off even more. 
Case my arm in slime, eight damage. Case my leg in slime, shake it off, shake it off, eight damage. Keep surging, in case my torso in slime for 11 damage. My head for 16 damage. Stop encasing me. That's even worse than surging. Oh, you silly slime. Cased your leg in slime, but which leg? Guess it could be either. Nine damage for that, and it is slain. 40 XP. Your final blow sends a series of violent ripples coursing through the thick mass of slime. Suddenly, and quite unexpectedly, the entire mass of slime dissolves into a small puddle of ooze. The horrid creature that has taken up residence in this ancient ruin is no more. You make a quick search of the chamber and discover the skeletal remains of seven humans. No doubt victims of the fearsome slime you've just slain. What, did, did they go in here? Or did the slime find them out and about and it's just, you know, oozed out the bodies? Nah, but hmm. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I guess if they're oozed out quickly. Yeah. A stone amulet carved into the likeness of a leering skull hangs on a silver chain from the necks of one of the skeletons. It's a leering skull amulet. Let's have a look at it. This stone amulet, which hangs on a thin silver chain, has been carved in the likeness of a leering skull. I'll just take it. That will just... That won't... It doesn't do anything. That will just go on a plaque, go on a plinth in my residence with a little plaque next to it saying I found it after defeating a massive slime while climbing up a hill to, f to face three giants. Or something like that. Yes. With your search of the tower's only intact portion completed, you quickly make your way out of the crumbling structure. Once outside the tower, you once again start along the overgrown road, resuming your climb towards the summit of Gallotop. With no desire to delay your mission, you press on past the tower, continuing your climb along the overgrown road towards the summit of Gallotop. As the stony summit of Gallotop looms into view ahead, you suddenly become aware of the pungent, though not unpleasant odour of wood smoke drifting through the air. Only moments later, you spot a thick column of grey smoke rising to the sky from behind a tall mound of rock not far from the, ta from the towering oak. The very tree that long lent its might to the task that earned this peak its grim moniker. Certain that you're nearing the giant encampment, you pause as you begin to contemplate how you might might best attempt to perceive what well as all the markings makings for a very dangerous situation. It is at that precise moment that you become aware of a figure lurking in the tall grass to the left of the overgrown road you've been following. Easy now, friend, says a brown bearded, thick waisted man stepping into view out of the tall grass. He winces as if he immediately regrets having spoken so loudly and promptly holds his finger to his lips. He then points to the mound of rock just up ahead, 
over which a quick, thick grey cloud of smoke continues to drift. You quickly note that a bow is hung over his shoulder, and a single bladed axe hangs from his from his belt. I see you thought better about going up to yonder rock, he said. His thick accent decidedly Brazilian. Now, I don't know how to do a Brazilian accent, because um, I, uh, it's a country that's fictional, and, uh, well, <laughs> it's fictional, and there hasn't been any official audio for Swift. <laughs> just, just me, and I'm not official. Hey, and me too. Giants up there. And three nasty ones at that. I reckon I'll end up like that young fella <laughs> back ways if I just up and popped over the top. Okay, I, I think I've given him some sort of accent. Your mind immediately returns to well, well dear, the brazen young man who remains at least part of the reason you've come up, come up here at all. You ask the stranger about the remains and his rather graphic description description of the nearly flattened, bloody corpse of a young man convinces you that round here has come to a bad end. The stout, bearded man, his substantial torso wrapped in a grimy green tunic, approaches you and initiates a shoulder cross. He introduces himself as Greymuck. You're about to reciprocate the introduction as he holds up his hand and shakes his head. I know full on who you are, he says. It's a great pleasure on all m- by all marks, Soup. Tooth be told, I'm rightfully happy to have your company up here just now. Greymook casts a wary glance towards the summit and shakes his head. You learn that Greymook, a woodsman born in Wazile, but who now hails from Laragol, a village less than ten miles north of Galatop. Greymock tells you he has been haunting, hunting the forests near the foot of the hill when he encountered Wellendeer. He says that the young man told him about the gi- told him about the giants that had taken up residence the hill, and while Wellendeer seems determined to confront him, confront him and drive the tree, confront them and drive the tree over the region, I'm quite confident he would succeed. Toby had a magic rock, as it were, says the stout watchman. Didn't pay any mind to that, see. But I did tell him that there were giants up the hill. He'd best turn home for supper and leave them be. Isn't much sense for a young fella to get tangled up in such things as giants, mind. And well, we know what's come of it now. Derek tells you that he's followed Wallandir onto the hill, staying far enough behind the determined young man so as not to be spotted. He made it just up the spot, spot backways, where he still is, when those three lot came down the slope, chasing a large bear, as it were, largest I've seen, mind, young man up and squared with the beast, but he got torn down as soon as you could blink. You learn that that after being mauled by the massive bear, the fearful creature was drawn back by one of the giants, who managed to grab hold hold of the thick length of chain the beast was dragging. Young Feather was still alive, though like as not, 
Not, no, like as not his last breaths, says the woodsman, with a hint of sadness in his voice. Those giants mumbled something amongst, amongst, amongst themselves a bit. Then one of them stepped up and smashed him, just one's mind. Reckon they not want to see him suffer as he was. Then they all went back up the hill, bear tucked in at their heels. Draymond says that before the giant started back up towards the summit, one of them took Wilder's pack. I suppose the magic rock was in that pack, he says. Not much good it's done him, done by him, but still, interesting to consider. I asked Draymond what, why he, what he's doing on Galatrop, and he tells you he's keeping watch over the giants, lest they leave their encampment and wander off the hill. A pair of young lads rode past on the road not long back, he says. From Wildbar they are, and going a flare clip too. Up to fetch the rangers, they say. I told them I'll keep an eye on the giants. Leastways, they turned up with some rangers. Giants and bears don't scare me, mind. And I reckon the same's true for you. After several more minutes of conversation with the woodsman, you learn that it, what is perhaps the true motivation for his sing- decision to linger so near the giant's camp. He tells you that apart from the chained bear who lies on the far side of the hollow, he spotted the pack they took from Wildeer's corpse. I've courted the notion of getting at that pack, he says, nervously wringing his hands. They left here for a time. I'll just pop over there and have a pig. But no such luck, at least not just yet. You find yourself slightly put off by Draymark's apparent obsession with obtaining Wallandier's pack. Yeah, yeah, I mean, in a situation like this, I think my primary concern would be not getting squashed. You tell Greymock that your only mission is to see that the three giants leave the Gallotop Hill and depart from the region. Well, look here, Zoop, he says, rubbing his chin as he casts his glance towards the hill. The plain fact is, if they leave, the like is not to haul off that pack with them. Of course, Never see anyone ask a giant to leave out of where they've set themselves. And three of them, no less. Still, you're probably right. It's just for the best that they just go. If they will, of course. With the stout woodsman at your side, you cover the last pit of gold background that lies between you and the crown of the hill, ultimately placing yourself just behind a large mound of rock that Greymock says conceals a wide hollow in which the giants have set up camp. You sneak round and have a look, he whispers. Don't let them see you. Keeping one eye on the woodsman and making certain that each of your footfalls is as silent as possible, you creep around the shoulder or ledge that you've been told conceals the giant encampments. You soon reach the tip of a broad hollow and with bated breath peer over the edge. There, seated around a small fire in the middle of the hollow, are three mountain giants. The fur-clad, thick-bearded trio of gargantuan humanoids sit in silence, staring into the dancing flames in their mist. Lying on the far side of the hollow, 
its neck encircled by a wide wing of le le leather, which in turn is attached to a sturdy length of chain, is a massive, fuddling brown bear. The very creature Greymock claims mauled Randir. The sleeping bear is by far the largest you ever seen. You can only assume that the fearsome creature possesses strength beyond reason. A suitable beast to find in the keeping of mountain giants. Close to the bear rests the leather pack, round his pack, which Greymock has made frequent mention of without making a sound. You slip away from the edge of the hollow and return to the woodman's side. We could we could take out the lot of them, says the woodsman, with an unnerving degree of confidence. He pat he pats the bow slung over his shoulder and nods. I'm a deadly mark with this old thing. We need to get the bear first. Then one or two of those giants, and, and then you interrupt Greymark and tell him the suggestion may not prove to be the best course of action for dealing with three mountain giants and their fearsome pet. He smiles and shakes his head. Right you are then, he says. Only if it comes to that, I suppose. I just want you to know that I'm at the ready. What do you propose then? You realise, despite Greymark, Greymook's alarming bravado, that if ridding, ridding Galatoth of the Giants ultimately involves a violent confrontation, a surprise attack might be your only chance of taming victory. Still, the thought of launching an attack on three adult mountain giants and a savage bear in their keeping is not a particularly inviting notion. So, I could launch a surprise attack, or just approach them and, you know, figure out what's going on. Maybe, maybe they've come down for a reason, and if, I, if they get what they want, they can go back home. Approaching the Giants. You inform Greymark of your intentions to approach the Giants an attempt to persuade them to leave Gallotop and the region without resorting to a dangerous and likely deadly confrontation. He nods and again pats the bow slung over his shoulder. I'll be at, my, at the wedding, he says, should there be any trouble. As your gaze falls upon the stout woodsman, you realise his words have brought you little reassurance for the daunting task you're about to undertake. Still, you appreciate the settlement and thank him, warning him not to draw his bow unless there is a need. With that, you set off towards the edge of the hollow, while Draymuk moves in moves to position himself somewhere on the opposite side of the encampment. You you reach the edge of the hollow and step boldly into the giant encampment. Hailing the three towering fur clad humanoids with a friendly but guarded greeting. At once the three giants leap to their feet, the combined unearthly bulk shaking the ground beneath you. The massive bear rears its head and grumbles as it rises, seemingly wary for its prone position and turns to face you. For a fleeting moment you wish you had never set foot on Galotop. 
You're not the bearded want who's been slinking about, says the, says the foremost of the giants. He squeaked deep. You're not the bearded want that's been slinking about, says the foremost of the giants, his deep, rumbling voice echoing off the back wall of the hollow as he makes an obvious... Obvious reference to Draymok. Your fair best if you've come here with no ill intent. So I can, can just continue, but I can use divination first. You know, to give me some information to help me, help me along with my negotiations. Succeeded. Four speeds of divination. You sense that while the giants do not fear you, they have no intention of harming you. Alright, this this might work out. Realising that tact could very easily mean the difference between life and death, you politely but firmly introduce yourself to the giants, then tell them you've come here on behalf of the local populace, who are, rightfully, fearful about the sudden appearance of a trio of mountain giants within their mists. Your words do not offend me, says the foremost of the giants. We have no love for the realm of man-human. It is dire necessity that has brought us to this very spot. Suddenly, the brown bear stretches wide its deadly jaws and emits a pain-laced bellow before lying back down on the edge of the cap. In a matter of moments, the bear is once again asleep. The three giants turn and glance at the bear before returning on Sesame Glazes' days at you. We seek only to heal the bear, says the giant. We have no quarrel with you, and we will not leave this place until we receive our visitor. How did they contact their visitor? Hmm, I don't know. How did they... Did they just... Did they put a note on a rock and throw it somewhere? I guess that would work. <laughs> yeah, how? How did they call... Because I don't think they could have just walked into a town and asked for help. Because... That would make everyone panic. Hmm. I don't know, maybe a goblin fence. Yeah, goblin fence. I assume they can, if they can trade. Yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, if they, they, if you got to. Yeah, if you want to ha make contact between humans and non-humans. Yeah, goblin fence. I mean, they, there's probably been people who've been in a while probably know where to find a goblin fence. Yeah, I'm leaning towards goblin fence. Uh, goblin fence contacted someone semi criminal, and that semi criminal person got the message to the healer. The healer came. Okay, yeah, that that's what I think happened. Goblin fence. In a startling turn of events, one that leaves you momentarily dumb, dumbfounded, the, the giants introduce themselves as Wizabarb, Shogstock, and Morfell.
Brizwab, who has been speaking with you, tells you that he and the other two giants are brothers. He also says that the bear has long been their companion, and that she's recently taken quite ill. The cruel breath of the mountain winter fills her, says as Brizawib. Brizawib. <laughs> yeah, okay. It may be that her time is over, but we owe her one last chance. We wait here for one of your own. A healer by all accounts. A golden beard man, we were told, and would be a we were told and would be able to cure what ails our friend, Shogsok, in two now, two now is only glad at you, breaks his silence, and offers his profound sympathies for the deaths of Wangdeer, and a mission that seems to have caught his breath and somewhat of a guard. Your thoughts immediately turn to Greymook's horrific account of the young man's gruesome death. If there is bl- blame to be given for his death, it belongs with me, he says. I was to have hold of Chanarek, and yet I did not. We wish the young human no harm. Morfell, who remains silent, turns and stares at Buzov expectantly. So it is here we must continue to wait, says Buzov, as if prompted to continue by his brother's harsh glare. The healer is already late. Suddenly, your thoughts return to the golden-bearded man you found dead at the side of the road as you passed Galatop in the distance. On your way to Wardbar, you have little doubt the elderly man you place in the shadow grave is the very healer upon those arrival. These giants continue to wait in vain. Oh, poor giants and poor bear. When you relate this unexpected bit of new news to Bozazarb and his brothers, the three giants seem momentarily at a loss for words. Slowly, however, Shostok begins to nod. Then he turns to you and thanks you. Then there is nothing further we can hope to do here, he says, glancing at each of his brothers in turn. It is grim, but welcome news. We will not linger here. Somewhat taken aback, the giants have apparently accepted your word without reservation. You're about to pose a question to them when suddenly you spot something out of the corner of your eye. It's the sight that sends your pulse racing. Perched on the opposite edge of the hollow, his low brow fully drawn and trained on the sleeping bear lying only a few yards below him, is Draymog. A leering, sinister look is affixed to his face as he takes aim at Chanarek. None of the three giants have spotted him. Oh, come on! Draymog! That's none! That bear is wounded! And it's not a threat to anyone who doesn't just get too close. Staying far away is to be expected with a bear that large. Attempt to prevent Draymok from killing the bear. Realising that allowing Draymok to kill the bear would prove disastrous, you leap into action, hoping you will be able to act in time. Okay. 
So I've got some options here. I could use archery, elementalism, telekinesis, or fortification. Or I could just call out to Draymok to lower his bow. Hmm, I mean, he looks mad, but I mean, it might distract him just long enough. You cry out to Draymark in desperation, praying he will have sense enough to retrain, refrain from losing his arrow at the sleeping bear. Alright, picking a number. Bonus of 60. 20 from diplomacy, 20 from mind, 10 from spirit, 10 from luck. I've got to get 100 or more. Or he's going to try to shoot the bear anyway. Pick now. 64. Failure. Only a split second after the sharp twang of the woodsman's release reaches your ears. The hollow is filled with the pain-laced bellows of chower. As the massive brown bear thrashes about wildly. Oblivious to all else as he's gripped by the throes of death. Your eyes dart at the spot where Greymock stood only a moment ago, but there's no longer any sign of the treacherous woodsman. The reaction of the giants to the death of their beloved bear is swift and savage. Bozabar rushes up to you, his heavy footfall shaking the ground beneath your feet as he approaches. Before you can react, his massive hand closes around your face, your waist, and the mighty giant hoists you into the air, only to cast you back onto the ground before him a moment later. The youngest of the three giants, now towering over you, draws his mighty dragon bow club. There isn't one of you who can be trusted! He snarls as he raises the weapon to his shoulder, preparing to strike you a final, decisive blow. With little desire to engage your fearsome foe, and even less to make your hope so for heart, helpless target for his fearsome wrath. You roll forward and spring to your feet, swiftly drawing yourself into combat where he stands. Draymark, you've ruined everything! With his face twisted in an expression of hatred, the mighty mountain giant swipes at you with his dragon bone club. Only your quick reflexes and a good deal of luck allow you to dodge his initial blow and retain your head. With no chance of fleeing from your fearsome foe, you lunge forward and boldly conquer Bilzerab's savage attack. It's Bilzerab. My only option is to kill him. Oh, I'm very sorry about this. Oh, if, if only I hadn't, hadn't tried to call off Call off Draymark if I instead just shot him or something. I'll use the I'll use my powers. But now, but now everything's gone wrong. The mighty mountain giant swats at you with his dragon bone club. Your enemy smashes through your defences with a devastating blow for thirty damage. Oh dear, this is this is bad, this is bad. He's slain. I mean he wasn't Tough, but it's bad. Slain your foe. 264 XP. You leap backwards, dodging the toppling corpse of Bilzerwab as Shostak, his older and larger brother, stomps towards you. 
brandishing an iron rod that's nearly as thick as your leg. The enraged giant's fearsome bellow rises into the air as he brings the deadly weapon crashing down on you. So Stark, uh, uh, sorry, sorry about the, the killing your brother thing? Yeah. No, I, I don't think there's any way out of this, is there? Shokok strikes at you with this massive iron rod. I can't even run away because his face paces are so much are so much bigger than mine. Oh no, he smashes through your defences with a devastating blow for 22 damage. Oh, sorry, Shokok. You're dead now. 265 XP. Morphal, the largest and last remaining giant steps over the bloodied remains of his slain brothers and glares at you as he draws forth a thick wooden club. With unnerving swiftness, he delivers a powerful stroke that misses you by mere inches and leaves, leaves a sizable impression in the ground to your right. You hastily prepare to fight for your life against a towering foe. Alright, this is more foul. The eldest brother, with no brothers to his name anymore. Yes, he's avenging his brothers and his bear. But I'm fighting for survival. He roars as he smashes at you with his wooden club. He smashes through your def my defences with a devastating blow for 30 damage, and then another one for 28 damage, and another one for 24 damage. Oh my, oh my, that, that was that was a one of bad luck there. I go into battle raids. Ah, fate, why did you make this happen? Ah. You have slain your foe. 200 and 66 XP and 3072 experience to general. Nope, nope, still still don't feel good about this, even with 3072 experience to general. Morphle's dying wail rises into the air and echoes through the hollow as the giant's lifeless corpse slumps to the ground. A savage war from your left sends you poised. Send your pulse racing, and you turn to find the great bear, Chunalark, standing next to remains. Remains of Baswell. Wait, wasn't he dead? Uh, uh, I guess this this just didn't work. Maybe, maybe he just looked dead. Oh. You draw yourself into a defensive stance, as you expect you will quickly become the target of the bear's wrath, whether much a surprise. And relief, the massive animal turns and moves swiftly off into the brush, leaving you alone, leaving you alone and wary amidst the carnage caused by your own hands. And Draymok! Draymok! <sighs> Draymok! <sighs> Lying next to Shostak's body, you discover a leather sack. 
You immediately recognise the sack to be the very one you spotted in the giant's encampment. The sack that Draymok told you. Told you the giants took from Weldy's corpse. You open the pack and peer into it. There, resting in the bottom of the otherwise empty satchel, is a fist-sized, smooth grey stone. Three small figures, each each with its arms and legs awkwardly poised, are carved into the surface of the stone. A strange sensation comes over you. You realise you have at last acquired the third dreadstone. Now, that was a long, long time ago I got the first two. So I think I'll put the links to that in this, those in this episode. Unless I forget. Let's view the dreadstone. Three small figures, each each with its arms and legs. Legs awkwardly angled awkwardly with respect to their bodies are carved onto the smooth surface of this fist-sized grey stone. And 128 experienced the general. After checking and checking again that the third dreadstone is tucked safely in amongst your belongings, you quickly make your way out of the hollow and prepare to descend the hill, eager to return to Wildbar and report on the outcome of your mission. You waste no time making your way down off the hill, as you're eager to put the events of Galatop and the fearsome trio of giants behind you. And the bear. And the bear. When you reach the foot of the hill, you make a quick check of your equipment, and are strangely relieved to find the three dreadstones still tucked in safely amongst your belongings. With a glowing sense of uneasiness slowly taking root in your mind, you prepare to set off along the road to Wilderbore, eager to reach the village and at last be done with this entire affair. Off quite that soon? The voice from behind you is low and almost entirely devoid of inflection. Oh, not going to try it again. You turn around and immediately confronted by the sinister... Angry glare of Greymuck. Look, 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 the giants are dead. That's what you wanted, wasn't it? You bastard. Standing only ten yards from you, the stout, brown-bearded woodsman folds his arms defiantly across his chest and glares at you. Give me the stone, he grumbles. His emotion is turned, quickly turning into, changing into one of impassioned out. Anger. You know nothing of it. Give it here and you can be about your business safe and sound. Jomok holds out his white hand unexpectedly. You suddenly feel enraged and the strong desire to kill Greymark and protect your newly acquired dreadstone quickly builds and also avenge those giants that I killed. Picking a number. Bonus of 30. 20 from spirit, 10 from mind. Got to get 100 or more. It's 36. 51. Failure. Unable to control the rage exploding through your mind, you leap forward, snarling viciously as you prepare to slay the man attempting to relieve you of your prized stone. And more importantly, who killed a bear?
to aim up towards his axe and steps forward to engage you in a fight to the death. It's Draymok. Draymok hacks at you with his axe. And I bash at him with my mace. The enemy lays a particularly brutal stroke for 13 damage. Now, really, I took on three giants just now. You must be crazy. You're very crazy. You are totally crazy. Another brutal stroke for six damage. And you are is slain. 22 XP. You stare down at the bloody corpse of Draymok lying at your feet. And give in to the sudden and inexplicable urge to smile. No longer will the unscrupulous woodsman covet your dreadstone. As your senses become awash with the confusing mix of guilt and fear, you resolve to get away from Galatop Hill as quickly as possible and vow to never return. After hiding his body in some nearby bush, brush and making certain your three dreadstones are safely tucked away, you immediately set off to the south, following the road that will lead you back to Wildbar. You return to Wildbar is brief and largely uneventful. Adibar seems genuinely saddened to learn of Wangdabar's passing, and tells you he will personally bear the news to his family. Adibar listens as you relate to him the full details of your encounter with the giants, seeing fit to leave out the parts concerning Draymok, and seems relieved when you tell him they will no longer prove the threat to Wildbar, or anywhere else for that matter. The elder thanks you repeatedly for your great for the great service you've done on behalf of the village and the entire region, and asks you to stay for a grand supper to be held in your honour. With no desire to linger in Wildbar any longer than necessary, you politely refuse the offer, telling the elder that you will one day return to see he makes good makes good in it. He laughs and tells you that you're welcome any time. You make an inquiry with Angbagar regarding the woodsman Draymok. He tells you he's never heard of such a person. You nod and thank him for the reply. Before you leave Wayfair House, you quickly check over equipment, paying particular attention to the three dreadstones placed in amongst your other belongings. For just a moment, your gaze is transfixed by the trio of small blue grey rocks and you suddenly feel vulnerable, as if your every move is closely watched by unseen eyes. You wholly tuck away the stones, and bid Angbugar and the innkeeper Wuthwil farewell. The two men follow you out of the inn, and watch as you depart, heading north along the road that will take you out of Wadbuar, and past the grim spectre of Gallotop Hill. As the broad village thoroughfare narrows and melds, into the foot of a winding woodland lane. You glance back in, back in the direction of the inn, there, still standing outside the doors of Wayfarer House, are Angbrugar Wuthrow, their distant gazes still solemnly fixed on you. And that finishes this adventure for 1,024 experience to general and 128 experience to all skills and powers. And let me just check now. 
Yeah. Now, there's there's an event in the Goblin Claw Inn that is now available. Where I'm going to... Oh, where was it? Who was that guy? There was this guy that, that wants me to gather all, all the dreadstones. And I want to, sh and I'm going to show them to him. Or I would, but I don't like the way this turns out. So I'm going to quit without saving. Quit now. And now, now next time, next episode, I can do it again, but properly. And until then, farewell, fellow. Adventurous. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.